Welcome to the Redeemer Central podcast. Redeemer Central is a church community in Belfast seeking to practice the way of Jesus and work for the peace and good of our city. For more information, please visit RedeemerCentral.com. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Here ends the reading. So we're in this series, as we said, following through the Gospels and coming and kind of exploring these encounters that Jesus has with all different kinds of people. And here's another different kind of person that Jesus comes into contact with. Jericho is the final stop on the way to Jerusalem. So this is Jesus, the wandering rabbi, the Galilean with his, his merry men and women, his disciples, his, his group. And they're finally, I mean, the disciples are coming with Jesus and they're believing that Jesus is the Messiah. It's taken them a, it's taken them a while, but this is the group that are believing that Jesus is the Messiah and they're on their way to Jerusalem in a similar way that we are to Easter. Easter's coming up, isn't it? So Jesus is going to the capital and the the Galileans following him are believing that Jesus is going to be crowned king. He's going to be crowned. He's going to be inaugurated as God's king of the world, as the Messiah. In fact, the very next day to this story that we read is, as far as I understand, when they enter in through the gates to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, to those shouts of Hosanna, Hosanna. So that's the journey. And they pit stop off at Jericho. It's kind of like the final stop on the way to Jerusalem. Even if you were a pilgrim going to Jerusalem for Passover, which there would have been, Jericho was the final pit stop 20 miles east of Jerusalem. And Jesus decides, here's another good, maybe final time where I can enact the kingdom, where I can show my disciples, show those that are gathering what is this new world that God's about creating? What is that going to? What does that look like? And Jesus has a, a way of confounding us all because we never know. You can never predict what Jesus will do. Um, if you were rereading the Gospels, you just couldn't predict it because he's always thinking in a different way to those around. And as I say, those in Jericho probably would have been anticipating this wandering rabbi. They've heard of Jesus coming down and they would have been thinking there would have been some believers in Jericho itself 
waiting for Jesus to arrive, and they would have been perhaps thinking, maybe I'll get to put Jesus up for the night, this rabbi. Maybe I'll have that great honor of having him in my home. What an honor that would be. And here we have this character, this character that Jesus encounters, Zacchaeus, um, the chief tax collector. So this was a this was a guy who he isn't just collecting the money. He is a powerful figure. Um, I've heard him compared to like a mob boss. You know, um, it turns out that yes, he was short in stature. That's the story. I was going to get the old ch- children's song out um, that I sang at Sunday school about this little man, Zacchaeus, and the sycamore tree and all of that, you know it. But Zacchaeus is a powerful man, a boss, if you will, um, a collaborator with the empire. He is he's corrupt. <laughs> he, is, he is guilty of extortion um, and taking from his own people. And so he would be despised, really. Um, And that's the person that we're going to look at today in this encounter. Because one thing that Zacchaeus was, as well as all of those things, was that he was curious. Something about the wandering rabbi from Galilee fascinated him to the point where he thought, I'm going to pop my head out here and see what all the fuss is about. Because there probably would have been, I guess, pandemonium. There would have been excitement in Jericho. And so this powerful man, who is despised in the town, still would have wanted to find a way to see what all the fuss was about. And so we come out to see Jesus in his own town. And I kind of think it's a really good point about being, I think being curious, just as a simple point, is really important in life. I don't know if anyone agrees, but I think it maybe is the beginning of any kind of spiritual exploration, any kind of exploration in general. Be curious, be inquisitive, don't be locked up, be open to new things. And so he wanted to come out and, and see, he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. Isn't that so typical of our own problems? We struggle to see Jesus because of the crowd. He couldn't see Jesus physically because of the crowd because he was a man short of stature. But yes, the crowd gets in the way so many times, the mob mentality. And I stole this quote from another preacher that I heard uh, talking about this story this week uh, from Soron Kierkegaard, a Dutch philosopher, Danish philosopher. I'll come up on the screen. Christ was crucified because he would have nothing to do with the crowd. He did not want to form a party, an interest group, a mass movement, but wanted to be what he was, the truth which is related to the single individual. It was the crowd that crucified Jesus. It was the crowd that crucified Jesus. And then the crowd is active here in the midst of Jericho. And this little man, Zacchaeus, he can't see Jesus because of the crowd. And that is so true. Movements have their own agenda. So many movements. And how many movements even ones that we are part of or have been part of, have their own agenda, and then they kind of roll Jesus out as a mascot in the middle of it. It's like we're not really interested in what Jesus was about, as in the kingdom and the the actual call of the kingdom, the sacrifice of the kingdom, but we're happy to put Jesus, the bumper sticker, or the mascot on our own agendas. 
movements have their own agendas. And as I say, Jesus never really has an agenda like that. He doesn't want to create a movement like that. He is simply being himself, which is that unpredictable wandering rabbi from Galilee, faithful and true, yet unpredictable. And people are getting excited, and so Zacchaeus figures out he's obviously, he's, he's, a, he's, he's not only curious, but he's creative. And he gets up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, curious to see him. And Jesus walks by and notices Zacchaeus, calls him to come down from the tree, and says, and invites him and invites himself to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. So Jesus wasn't really shy to do that. And here is Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, coming towards the end of his ministry. And he is rolling into Jericho. And there's going to be people who are excited to see him. And Jesus chooses to dine at the house of the most despised man in the town. The most powerful man, with probably has a huge house, is a rich man, many stories that would have been told about this man. I mean, this is a man that probably would have been kicked out of the synagogue. And Jesus is not going to the house of the, the religious leaders in the town. He's not going to the leader of the synagogue's home. He invites himself to Zacchaeus' house, like the mafia boss's house. And Zacchaeus is buzzing about this, as my wife would say. He's buzzing, happy. Other people aren't happy. Other people aren't happy. Verse 6, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Here is the thing about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is, and we can tell this from the way the story goes and the, the words Jesus uses at the end, Zacchaeus is lost. He's kind of lost his way in life. He's, he's colluded with the empire, the, the enemy of his own people, really. He's, like a, he's nearly like a, like a, tra- like a traitor in, a, in that sense. And he's kind of got drawn to the power and the money and the status. And he's lost his way. He's kind of lost his soul. He's kind of sold out. And he's, and, and it goes beyond that, though. It goes beyond that in this story, I believe, because I believe that he's trying to be something he's not. And we know that because at the very end of the story, Jesus says, this is the son of Abraham. It's like he's calling him home. It's like, it's like Zacchaeus is the real life prodigal son. But he's caught up in the stuff he's caught up in. He's trying to be something he's not. It's not that God's purposes for Zacchaeus were that Zacchaeus was to be a crook, to be corrupt, to be someone who extorts others, to be a cheat, to be a cruel man. That's not who's a case have you ever had that in your when you're going about life and you bump into life life bumps into you something happens maybe you let someone down or you do something in traffic to another driver who cuts across you or i don't know whatever it might be from the small to the big you're like that's just, and you kind of say to yourself that's not me or catch yourself on as we would say in northern ireland but you kind of know that's that's not me. That's not that's not who I am. Like something something got a hold of me, or I, I'm just I'm not being who I am. You know, I'm. It's nearly like this is kind of what's going on in this story. I think that's part of all of our stories. There's this temptation to not live into our true identity, to kind of put on masks and to put on false self, if you will. 
And as human beings who live outside of the love of our creator, it tends to be that's what happens. We kind of lose our way. It's like we kind of just like, we're kind of lost. We're kind of disconnected from who we really should be. Parker Palmer um, is a Quaker teacher. Um, really recommend his work. He says this, that it should come up on the screen. Afraid that our inner light will be extinguished and our inner darkness exposed, we hide our true identities from each other. And in the process, we become separated from our own souls. We end up living divided lives so far removed from the truth we hold within that we cannot know the integrity that comes from being what we are. Listen to, there's a famous monk, American Trappist monk called Thomas Merton. He's a theologian, a monk, a mystic. And he says this about this kind of lostness that is coming up in this story, this lostness. This, he says this, every one of us all of us is shadowed by an illusory person, a false self. He goes on to say, my false and private self is the one who wants to exist outside the reach of God's will and God's love, outside of reality, outside of life. And such a self cannot help but be an illusion. We're not very good at recognizing illusions, least of all the ones we cherish about ourselves, the ones we are born and raised with and which feed the roots of sin. For most of the people in the world, there's no greater subjective reality than this false self of theirs, which can't exist. A life devoted to maintaining and expanding this false self, this shadow, is what is called a life of sin. It's a kind of bit of teaching from Thomas Merton, just about that, that kind of, that reality that we can, get, we can get lost, we can lose our way, and we kind of live into this false identity at times. And it's not 100% of the time, but sometimes there's this, it's an illusion, it's a mirage. And the greatest spiritual thinkers talk about it. Merton goes on to say this, to be a saint means to be your true self. To be a saint means to be a true self. Trees and animals have no problem. God makes them what they are without consulting them. And they're just perfectly satisfied being trees and being animals. With us, it's different. God leaves us to be free to be whatever we like. We can be ourselves or not as we please. We're at liberty to be real or to be unreal. We may be true or false. The choice is ours. There's profound truth at the heart of this story about Zacchaeus that I kind of had never really kind of thought about before when I kind of read the story of Zacchaeus, heard it when I was younger. And it's all because of that last verse. Maybe I haven't read it. I'll maybe go back and read it here um, very quickly. The last verse, which is, you know, we'll get to it today. Salvation has come to this house because he too, Zacchaeus, is a son of Abraham. It's like Jesus is calling him back to his true identity. And that's, that's, that's the, the first point I want to make today when we, we look at this encounter in the Gospel of Luke. That, that, that salvation is becoming yourself. There's like a coming home aspect to it. There's a kind of... A false way of thinking about the gospel is, is, is thinking about, I think, in terms of right and wrong. 
moral categories. The gospel is about being at home or being adrift, being outside or being lost. It's about the difference between living in, in life and, or living in death. It's not about right and wrong. It's about we've lost our way. And there's something about salvation which is about just being yourself, dropping the mirage. For Merton, I'll go on Thomas Merton. He says, we all suffer from the mirage of the false self. And true spiritual life is a journey in which we discover ourselves. Not only discover ourselves, discover ourselves discovering God. And discover God in discovering our true self-hidden identity in God. It's kind of a mouthful, but a sense that salvation means finding who you really are and, and, and how God sees you. I suppose a prayerful, respectful pursuit of this understanding of Merton, uh, of the true self, is that, we, that our ultimate identity, your ultimate identity, my ultimate identity, is as a son or a daughter of God. And that you are radically one with God in Christ because of what Christ has done. That is the truth. And salvation is discovering that truth and living in the light of it. It's a coming home. For salvation, um, in terms of Zacchaeus, it meant shedding off this false self and becoming who he was created to be, which we see at the end of the story, which is a kind of a freedom. There's a freedom in that, the freedom to live truthfully, the freedom to be yourself, it's only possible when we actually come into contact with the truth, the ultimate reality. So there's no, there's, no, there's no record in this gospel story of Jesus saying anything. Jesus simply eats dinner with Zacchaeus. But there's something about Zacchaeus being close to truth, ultimate reality, the divine in his presence that transforms him, that changes him, that calls him home, that kind of, it kind of shines a light on the false identity. He's, he's like, what, 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 what is my life? I kind of never seen that before in this story. Jesus eats at the table. He practices the, the radical table fellowship that we see Jesus practicing with all the, all the wrong people all the time. Jesus has this tendency to always be in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. Except, of course, we know the wisdom of this wandering rabbi is that he's never in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people. But he's there showing, enacting what the kingdom looks like. And the kingdom looks like being with those on the outside, including sometimes the most despised and the most powerful. And so Jesus is practicing his radical table fellowship with those wrong types of people. And Zacchaeus bumps up against ultimate reality, bumps up against ultimate truth. And it's like, it's like Zacchaeus can't keep up the pretense. It's like he kind of finds himself confounded or confronted with the truth. And it's like his defenses drop. It's like the mask drops. And true light shines upon that. And this quote, the son of Abraham, sheds that false persona and finds himself becoming himself again. The person that God had made him to be. Meister Eichhardt, who's a German theologian and mystic, says this, for God to be is to give being, and for man to be is to receive being. Our true self is a received self, 
At each moment, we exist to the extent we receive existence from God. He is existence. Quite philosophical in some ways, but basically summed up. God is the God he gives, and we receive. And that includes the truth of who we are. Living in the reality of who we are, we simply accept and receive that we are at home when we receive who God has made us to be. So salvation is becoming yourself. Here's the second point. Salvation sees us transformed or changed. The thing about salvation is that it's not earned. It's not earned, but it requires action. It's an old-fashioned word or phrase that we talk about, which is repentance. And repentance is really important in the Christian story. Because it's, it's not a, again, it's not a condemnation or a guilt thing. It's an action. It's about turning around. It's about seeing the truth and changing in the light of it. And so, in so many ways, I mean, even here, we're such a welcoming church. And we are, because the welcome of God is so vast and outrageously, scandalously gracious. And yet God loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us as we are. He wants us to change. And that change believe it or not, is actually becoming fully who we're meant to be. Look at Zacchaeus. He finds his true identity. And what does he actually do? He immediately begins to make amends. And he says this, look, and he looks to Jesus and says this, half of my possessions, Lord, will I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay them back four times as much. So immediately you have Zacchaeus not only finding himself, so to speak, in the light of Christ sees him, and he repents, and he begins to take action. And it feels like, goodness, you're losing a lot of money here, Zacchaeus. You know, like this, it's as costly. You think he would be sad about that, but Zacchaeus is, he is delighted. He has found, counterintuitively, he's found this way of, way back. He's found the road back It's like he wasn't even sure if there was a way back. And it's like, what a small thing to pay. To make amends is not only the right thing to do. Similar to forgiveness, it's actually a path to radical freedom. To be able to say, I don't, I can, I want to bless, I want to return, I want to make amends, I repent, I want to, I can, I, I get the opportunity to repair the brokenness in the world that I have made, that my false self has made. That when I've been living as a mirage, I've, I've hurt other people. I've damaged other people. I've taken advantage of other people. And the gospel not only changes us, but it actually gives us a way to make amends, to, to seek reconciliation. I mean, it's, it really is such good news. And that is when Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. This despised mafia boss in the big mansion on the hill, even he gets in on the kingdom because he's not really that person. He's just lost his way. He's a son and he's coming home. And then Jesus says this last verse, for the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. I think even in the church as Christians, we can find ourselves lost at times too. We kind of, The problem we have as Christians is we continue to live into that false self, even on the other side of finding Jesus. You know, we're not fully surrendered to the Spirit, and so we kind of have the masks, and we kind of keep ourselves divided and hidden. And we play those same games 
but in the religious context. There's a brilliant quote I came across by Thomas Keating. He said this. It'll be up on the screen. The false self is deeply entrenched. You could change your name and your address, your religion, your country, and your clothes, but as long as you don't ask it to change, the false self simply adjusts to the new environment. For example, instead of drinking your friends under the table as a significant sign of self-worth and and esteem, if you enter a monastery, as I did, fasting the other monks under the table could become your new path to glory. What is it about the religious spirit? It's found in in bars and monasteries alike. It's found in every route and path that we could take because it's an internal condition. It's an internal, it's a, it's a belief that we live into this false self, this false narrative. The only thing that can truly change us is encountering Jesus, is bumping up against ultimate reality, is climbing the sycamore. Some of you need to climb a sycamore tree. You've got to get a sight of Jesus. You've got to find a way to escape the crowd and get up the sycamore tree, whatever that tree is. I don't know what that is for you, for me, but get up the tree. Get a glimpse of Jesus. Get near. All we need to do is get near to Jesus. Stay near to Jesus. Don't follow the crowd. And we will find ourselves bumping up against ultimate reality, filled with the love of God, the source of real change and real repentance. Thirdly, and just a note as we finish on community. Zacchaeus, so we had salvation is becoming your true self. Finding yourself in the light of how God sees you. Salvation is transformation. It's change as well. And salvation, I think, is a community project. There is an individual element to it, of course. I believe in my Jesus because we get to have relationship with God through Christ. I believe in that. But Zacchaeus in the story is living his corrupt life, taking advantage of people, extorting people that left him rich, but it left him alienated. It left him kicked out of the synagogue. It left him on the edge of society. It left him despised. Our friend Parker Palmer again says this, the community cannot take root in a divided life. Long before community assumes external shape and form, it must be present as a seed in the undivided self. Only as we're in communion with ourselves can we find community with others. Community is an outward and visible sign of an inward and visible grace, the flowing of personal identity and integrity into the world of relationships. The reason why the church can be so messy at times is because we're just a bunch of human beings and we're trying to shed our false selves. We're trying to live into truth. And true community life happens when people commit to that kind of journey. Personal transformation actually is essential to community transformation. I know this personally. The more I try to hide, the more it damages my relationships. The more it alienates me, the more it pulls me back. The more I give, the more I find that I can connect with others. The more that I'm attentive to who I really am and humble about that, the more that I find that I can be a peace in community, that I can find community, that I can reconnect. So salvation is this community project. What about the crowd? What about the religious leaders that were grumbling? What about them as we close? What happened to them? Well, again, they were confounded by the wandering rabbi. Expecting to have Jesus in their home, maybe. Upset that he'd 
he continues to welcome the unlovely, the unwelcomable. I guess in some ways, perhaps they'd lost their way too. They'd lost their way too, like we've already talked about. And all those who were despised. And this can offend us sometimes when Jesus ends up hanging out with the wrong kinds of people. Because this is the kind of love, this is the kind of kingdom. It transforms the traitor. It transforms the rich. It can do, as well as the poor. It can transform the powerful, as well as the weak and the oppressed. The abuser, as well as the abused. The exploiter, as well as the exploited. This is probably part of the story that's most scandalous to maybe many of us. Where we can maybe relate to those in the margins. But what about the perpetrators? What about the most powerful? What about those figures that actually have the suits on? And have the big bank balances? And have the mirage of an image of whatever? Even Jesus in the gospel wants to go after those lost sons and daughters. And the gospel is going to offend even us. Constantly it's going to offend us because it goes beyond all the borders that we put in life. The gospel and Jesus never operates the way we want it to. In Jericho, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus shows us again the kind of kingdom that his kingdom is. And it's one of calling every son and every daughter home. Out of the prison of the false self and into the home, to the table, to the banquet, to be fed and to be honored and to be treated like a son and a daughter and not a prisoner, into the true reality of life and light in the presence of God. That's the kind of life that changes us, the kind of life that gives us like a whole new set of values. It kind of changes our north star. For Zacchaeus, he decided, I'm not going to be extorting people anymore. In fact, he changes his values completely in a moment. I'm going to give my money away. This is the kind of radical change that Jesus can have in our lives if we surrender to him. Not only that, it leads us down these roads of freedom towards genuine community and relationship together. I want to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 3. When we yield to the Spirit of God, this is possible. It says this, Now this, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. As we yield to the Spirit, as we follow Jesus, we will be changed as we yield, as we continue to, say, to give our yes to him, to give our yes to the Spirit of God, and we will be transformed by the glory of God. I'd love us to celebrate salvation as a liberation of love at the table of grace, like we do every week. I want to invite Matt to come and lead us in a song, and I'd love to invite you all to join with me and stand.